in love? Only Jesus can. Can anyone say, I always walk in integrity? Only Jesus can. And we're all being worked on. And maybe your crookedness is not as crooked as the most crooked person you can think about. But all of us, God wants to make our paths straight. And I love that about the Lord. Because isn't that what we always do? We always want to weigh ourselves against like the worst possible When you put your name on something, you have to take responsibility for it, even if you change your mind down the road. Like an inappropriate Facebook post, your words and actions are saying something to the world. Once it's out there, it's there. As Pastor Daniel will remind us today, God has a complete record. Is what you're saying and doing reflecting who you serve? If not, it's vital to consider the consequences. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part three of his message entitled, Consider the Contrast. Why does love cover all sins? Because Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. See, love is not stirring people up, but love is protecting and covering people in the mistakes that they made. Now, this does not mean that love enables somebody to continue to sin. Love is not, don't say anything about that evil thing they're doing. That's the antithesis of love. But when you love somebody, you realize that person is not perfect and that stirring up and inciting the flesh in other people by our information about them, that is actually hatred in action. Love says, sure, they're fallen. Sure, they make mistakes. When we all do, but you know what? I am not going to be part and party to character assassination of somebody else, even though they might be wrong. Because that's not who Jesus is. And we call ourselves Christians because we are the followers of Jesus. And if Jesus can take the cross to cover our mistakes, then we take the cross to cover other people's mistakes. And that's wisdom. Wisdom loves your neighbor as yourself. Look, we've all made mistakes. We've all done the wrong thing. And it never feels good when somebody runs your mistake out. It never feels good. So why do we do it to each other? You got to, see, again, that's why I like the Bible's like, it's got some claws. Sometimes the Bible bites you a little bit. It, it gets it, it's like, ooh. Next time people are starting to stir up strife, you got to think to yourself, hatred does that. That's hate. And I, Jesus ain't a hater, I ain't a hater. But love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers sins because that's who the Lord is. And this is who we're called to be. There's wisdom in doing this because when we are like God, when we act righteous as God is righteous, the world is blessed. God's design is not to run out everybody's mistakes and chit-chat about it. God wants to crucify it and forgive it and drop it in the sea of forgetfulness. That's who God is. And 
God designed you and I as his people filled with the Holy Spirit that we would do the same thing, that we would be people who love and cover instead of incite and stir up. So not only is there wisdom in love, but there's also wisdom in integrity. Now, in these verses, there's a lot of different things about integrity. But notice, the wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. A a prating fool is somebody who talks aimlessly and idly. So what you have here is that Someone who has integrity will receive commands, which has, they will listen to the people in authority in their lives and and respond. Notice verse 9. He who walks with integrity walks securely. So the idea of walking on the straight path through the narrow gate, the difficult way that few find but leads to life. When you walk on that path, you walk with security. But notice verse 9. But he who perverts his ways will become known. You see that? The reason why, and if you consider the contrast here, the reason why walking in integrity is important because when you don't, when you walk in a perverted way or a crooked path, at some point that's going to come out. The good old saying in your Bible that your sin will find you out. It comes out. It always does. It never stays hush-hush. It always ends up showing itself. So there's wisdom in walking in integrity as opposed to crookedness because ultimately when we are shady, it will come out. That's what we learn here. So you have to ask ourselves. Because again, it's easy to push it away. It's easy to think, oh, I hope so-and-so is listening to this message. But you got to say, Lord, by the power of your spirit, will you shine the light of your righteousness into my heart? And if there's any wicked way in me, God, Lead me in the way of everlasting. Because each one of us, could anyone here say, I always walk in love? Only Jesus can. Can anyone say, I always walk in integrity? Only Jesus can. And we're all being worked on. And maybe your crookedness is not as crooked as the most crooked person you can think about. But all of us, God wants to make our paths straight. And I love that about the Lord. Because isn't that what we always do? We always want to weigh ourselves against like the worst possible example of it. Like I've said it a million times and and it cracks me up. I love talking to people about the Lord and people always say, well, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm a good person. I'm not going to go to heaven. I'm like, well, how do you know you're a good person? We're like, I'm not like Adolf Hitler. I'm not like Charles Manson. I'm like, okay, so really what you're doing is you want the the most evil guy you could think of. You're not that. So, so you're a good person. So when do we define goodness by the most horrific example of evil? And I'm like, well, so how are you doing in comparison to, like, Mother Teresa? Like, so, like, so you're, like, you're, like, good, like, Gandhi or something? And then they start squirming, right? Because if the, the guy who tips the scale of the most evil person is your standard for how you're not an evil person, then all you're saying is that guy's way more crooked than me, so his excessive crookedness obscures my kind of really crookedness, which isn't even logical. See, all of us, God wants to do a work in our lives. And integrity is something that we're learning each and every day. We're learning how to walk in integrity. Jesus is teaching us his integrity. And so you have that we not only want to be righteous and diligent, but now we want that there's wisdom in being loving and having integrity. Now, we've been seeing it, like in verse 13, 
Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. Verse 14, wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. As you move into verse 18, look at what it says. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So you notice now, as we're considering the contrast, now it focuses down on our words. And what I want to share with you is that what you say matters. What you say matters. The words that we speak give a window into our hearts and our souls. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you verbalize something, you didn't just make that up. That comes out of the depths of your heart. And what we learn here is that what we say matters. Notice what it says, verse 18. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. That's an interesting line, that he who hides hatred has lying lips. What that means is that the reason we lie is because we're a hater in our heart. That's what it is. If we hide hatred in our heart, then when something comes up, we're going to slander. We're going to lie because of the hatred that we have in our heart. That's a, an interesting reality, isn't it? So ask yourself, are you hiding hatred in your heart? Because if you do, you will lie about a person. When someone says something good, you have to come in with a, oh, no, 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 they're not good bad. If you slander somebody, notice, it's a fool. You're a fool. In a multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. I'll be honest with you, this stuff is just like eating my lunch, because I'm a pastor. I, I talk a lot. So, in a multitude of words, sin isn't lacking. He who restrains their lips are wise. I like to say that words are creative. Now, I don't mean that in the sense like the kind of the positive confession that like, like New Agers will tell you, if you just speak out, millions of dollars will come to you. I'm here to tell you, the only people who make money doing that are the people who sell you the books and make you go to the seminars for that. Words like... We were created in the image and likeness of God, and God spoke the universe into existence. That's what we see in Genesis 1 and 2, that literally God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so for you and I, words are creative in the sense that the words that we speak create a context for people to live in. Like, let me give you an example. Have you ever met somebody who somebody slandered before you ever met them? When you meet that person, do they get a fair shake at being a good or a bad person? No, right? You already know what you're looking for, and you find it. Right? Someone says, oh, that person is so, such a bad person. I mean, you'll never believe what they did to my friends, cousins, sisters, uncle that I heard from the 57th different person. Right? And then you meet that person, and you're just waiting for them to, show, to, to reveal their true colors, which aren't true. They're just the colors that somebody already shaded in on their character. So I like to say that gossip is murder with words because it creates in that way. And what we speak 
is creative. And we have to ask ourselves, are our words honoring how we speak about others, about ourselves? James the just, the brother of Jesus, wrote these words in James chapter 3. I'm going to read a little extended passage. This is one of those ones that's it's a brutal one. It's, Martin Luther wanted to take the book of James out of the Bible because it's just like, so I'll read it to you. Don't, don't get mad at me, okay? Blame the Holy Spirit, okay? So it says, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member that boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, a reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Now that's a challenging passage, isn't it? Really what he's thinking, he's saying, listen, the tongue is a small member, but like a bit in the mouth of a horse, this little bit can turn the whole horse, just like a little rudder on a big ship can steer a huge ocean liner to change course, the tongue, that little member in our mouths can literally set an entire forest on fire. What we say matters. And really the issue in Proverbs and in the book of James is the fact that your mouth was created to praise God. We were given language to be able to declare the glory and the majesty and the goodness of God. We, our mouths were created to be blessings, but when we turn those blessings and we curse people, we are misusing what God created. So you got to ask yourselves, how am I doing with my speech? Am I cursing? And listen, you have to include in your speech not only what you say, but what you post on Facebook, what you post on Twitter, what you put on Instagram. It's talking about the entire communication of your life. And if you can bless God and curse another person, then James says, it ought not to be so. Now, real quick, for you young people growing up in the age of social media, listen, when you go to get a job, people are going to look at your social media page. You got to think about that. Because once you put your name on that thing, nothing gets lost on the internet. It's not like your room. It's going to, when you go to get a job, they're going to look at that stuff. And you want to think about that right now. 
Because when you go to say, hey, I want to be a nanny, and they Google your page, and they find you doing uh, keg stands and body shots, they're going to be like, yeah, you ain't going anywhere near anyone's kids. You got, you got to think about this. Because you are declaring something to the world about who you are and what you value. And that is not going to go away. What you posted five years ago is still sitting there. You can delete it. It's still caught in, trust me, you need to realize that. That's what you're saying to the world. And we have to think about that because you might say, oh, that's, oh man, that's bad. I got to go, you know, right now you're pulling out your phone, you're scrubbing everything, you know what I mean? But you got to realize long before this stuff gets captured on a screenshot on the internet, the true and living God who created you sees and hears everything. Like, way worse than just, I went for a job and, I, and they found out all the shady stuff about my past. The true and living God before whom you and I give an account for our lives has a complete record of everything we've ever done. So, brothers and sisters, listen. What you say matters. Don't ever think, oh, it's just a slip of the tongue. No, 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 no. It matters. Verse 19 tells us to use our words spirit sparingly. Verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. Your words are worth what you are worth. Think about that. Your words are worth what you are worth. Notice what it says. The words of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. Your words are worth what you are worth. I've never thought about my life that way before, and it's terrifying. Your words declare what your worth is. Verse 21, notice this. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Your words are what you make of them. Notice this. The words of the righteous bless other people. Or fools die for lack of wisdom. And notice verse 22. The blessings of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. See, I love this. It clues in our words with that God is a blessing and God doesn't want to bring sorrow. And guess what? When someone curses you or speaks ill of you, doesn't it hurt? Don't you feel that? Bring sorrow. I can't believe they'd say that about me. I can't believe they would share that piece of information. See, I love that the Bible always brings us back, not to this is just what good morality looks like. The Bible brings us back to this is who God is. This is who the true and living God is, and we should act like the God that we serve. God is a God of blessing. God is one who doesn't want to bring sorrow. Now, as we close out, notice what it says, verse 23. To do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. The fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked are no more. But the righteous has an everlasting foundation. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy man to those who send him. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. The hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but the destruction will come upon the workers of iniquity. The righteous will never be removed, 
but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. Now you notice in this last little section here, we get a recapitulation of what we've already seen, right? We're talking about the tongue. We're talking about lack of diligence. We're talking about laziness and what that does. We're talking about the different ways that we can live. And really what I want us to close on, remember I said that we're considering the contrast. There's two different ways. Now what I want us to close out this message on is that we also need to consider the consequence. You need to consider the consequence. It's one thing to say, hey, here's the way of wisdom and here's the way of foolishness or say, here's the way of righteousness and here's the way of wickedness. But in this last section, I want you to consider the consequence, where these things end. Because it's one thing to say there's two different paths to take. It's another thing to say these different paths end, terminate, find their resting place with consequences that are uniquely different, polar opposites. Notice in verse 23, the motivation, evil is a sport to a fool. It's like fun, it's recreation. But a man of understanding has wisdom. The motivation of understanding brings wisdom. Notice The fear of the wicked will come upon him, verse 24. When you're wicked, you're going to have the fear. It's going to become your reality. But the desire of the righteous will be granted. So in one case, the thing that you're terrified of, that's going to come upon you. Or when you're righteous, the desire that you want, that's going to come upon you. Verse 25, when the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. See that? When the trials of life come, the righteous will stand. They have an everlasting foundation. But in the trials of life on the wicked, they're destroyed. The righteous will never be moved, verse 30. The wicked won't inhabit the earth. There are two very different ending places, depending on what you choose, depending on the life that you choose. And all of this reminds me of Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 to 27. Do you remember what Jesus said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount? He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. See, Jesus says to him, listen, I've shared with you my heart and my ways. And now if you hear these words and do them, if you live them out, then you're like a man who, when he wanted to build a house, laid a foundation, built it on a foundation. And when the wind and the waves came, when the wind hit and the storm happened, sure, it got weather beaten, but that house stood. Jesus is Are our words honoring God? That was the challenge we received today as Pastor Daniel spoke about the power of what we say. 
We declare to the world about what we value and who we are through our words and actions. But God also sees everything. We're so happy that you're a part of the Jesus is Real Radio family. Jesus is Real Radio is a listener-supported program. We want to let the whole world know that Jesus is real. Your donations help make this possible. You can become a monthly supporter or give a one-time gift by text message. It's easy. Simply text your gift to 855-910-8300. That's 855-910-8300. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more wisdom from the book of Proverbs as he continues this study of contrasts in Scripture. There are things we hold dear that in a spiritual context are meaningless. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled God's Tweets. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Jesus is Real Radio.